Chapter 11 of An American in the Making, The Life Story of an Immigrant by Marcus Eli Ravage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11 The Ethics of the Bar They took me. There were a number of regulation questions about my family, how long I had been in America, what I had done before, and then Mr. and Mrs. Weiss exchanged an approving glance, and Mr. Weiss told me that I would do. He at once asked me to remove my coat and get into a white apron. Then he conducted me behind the beautiful oak counter, which I was soon to be informed was called a bar, and initiated me into the mysteries of the beer taps. Read this, he said suddenly, and held up a bottle fine did you say you have been here less than two months he asked incredulously i could see that i had made an impression that he was getting more and more pleased with me for my own part i found the saloon a paradise at least for a time i got three meals every day and a clean bed every night and three dollars a month just like that if you please to do what i liked with it was oppressive to have so much money during the middle of the afternoon after i got through washing the windows and polishing the brass fittings and preparing the free lunch and there was nothing to do but to wait for the evening trade i would sit down at the far end of the bar next to the window and do intricate problems in fractions in an effort to calculate by just how much my fortune had increased since the day before then the figures would puff and swell into fantastic sums as i went on to multiply them by five in order to obtain their equivalents in rumanian francs and bani you may laugh at this if you like but it was i who had a new suit and new shoes and a derby hat when easter came the derby was my first and it played queer tricks with my face but i was proud of it all the same because it made me look like a man my employers being a childless couple in a manner adopted me and father and mothered me mrs weiss the missus as i was taught to call her gave me some good clothes which her brother had cast off and fed me on the choicest in leisure moments she took occasion to continue my education by little hints on the importance of courtesy in america on the most effective style of dressing the hair for a young gentleman in my position on the wisdom of thrift and in general on how to pass from the green into the yellow state in the shortest possible time mr weiss too was kind and helpful except when he was in his cups which fortunately happened regularly on saturday nights only so that an observant young man need not be too much in the way when his master was irritable from him i first learned that honesty particularly with an employer is the best policy that barmen never drink except at a customer's invitation which is another story 
and is governed by a special ethical rule and that patience with a liberally spending customer even when he says and does unpleasant things is a virtue that is its own reward he advised me to let him keep my wages for me instead of exposing them to the risks of pickpockets and loss and assured me that i need not worry over the trifling sum in such well-to-do hands as his and that i could have the whole amount owing to me at any time when i should need it or wish to quit his employ he invariably paid my bath and hair-cutting bill out of his own pocket on sunday mornings he let me sleep until seven and opened the shop himself he even offered me assistance in english but of this i did not avail myself because i noticed that he always referred to mrs weiss as he but i was an ungrateful soul for i soon began to detect the flaws in my paradise just before the passover my employer filled his windows with announcements to the effect that he had received a large stock of kosher liquids for the holiday but shortly afterward the goods arrived from the distillery and i lent a hand in mixing them and discovered to my horror that the chief ingredient was grain alcohol which was ritually speaking poison several times i was humiliated by a ridiculous fashion they had of testing my honesty which consisted in leaving a quarter or half a dollar near my bed and then watching the next day to see whether i would return it the pair quarrelled scandalously and interminably and when their squabbles began to degenerate into downright brawls i hoped and prayed that i might find another job the saloon also offered ample opportunity for an adolescent impressionable youth to go to the dogs and i had to hold on very tenaciously to my parents trust in me to dodge them successfully the family entrance admitted a constant stream of shady female characters to whose thirst i must minister and who if they had not inspired me with a physical repulsion might have become a degrading temptation the treating system was a more immediate danger my employer constantly impressed it upon me that it was my duty to his firm to accept every treat that was offered me it pleased the customer he explained and it increased the sales but i had not yet learned to like beer at home the commonality drank wine and only the elegant rich indulged in beer and i detested whiskey therefore when a certain german bricklayer foreman who was running up a big bill in our place by treating everyone in sight insisted on my participating in all his revels i suggested to him one day that i would appreciate his generosity in some more solid form he said all right and reported my suggestion to mr weiss thereupon followed a terrific fuss in which mrs weiss took sides with me declaring in the customer's face 
that she would not allow anyone to corrupt a young boy entrusted to her care by filling him with liquor that no one was paying for i thought mrs weiss was a brick and told her so respectfully and yet for all its shortcomings and unpleasantness and dangers i would not have you carry away the impression that the part played by the saloon in my evolution was merely harmful or negative quite the contrary the lessons i learned while standing behind the bar or while pouring out miscellaneous drinks to the people at the card tables have instilled into me more of the rich wisdom of life than i got out of all the labeled and classified knowledge imparted to me afterward in my three universities for if a young fellow will go to perdition at the mere sight of evil the probabilities are that there was not much worth saving in him to begin with but if he holds himself erect and comes through the mire unsoiled i warrant you that he will prove the better for his experience many a man more fortunately surrounded as the phrase goes in his youth than i was has in later life sought to round out his knowledge of mankind and to deepen his sympathies by a voluntary descent into the maelstrom of the slums i hope that such efforts are properly rewarded but i confess to a mistrust in the efficacy of the method the palpitating facts of life cannot i am afraid be got at through the resolves of middle age youth is the time for adventuring and chance necessity is a better cicerone through the ins and outs and the ups and downs of existence than deliberate intent what a young man learns by hard knocks in his teens will quicken his senses and enrich his heart to better purpose than any amount of shrewd jottings in a slummer's notebook a bar-room even an east side bar-room is not as some good people suppose a mere hang-out for the indolent and the degenerate it is whether you like it or not one of the central meeting-places of humanity it is an institution where all the classes congregate in all their moods the bestial and the generous the morose and the convivial thither the laborer may escape from his shrewish wife when she makes his home unbearable but thither also the merchant will resort with his customer when both are jovial over a particularly satisfactory bargain a bum will shuffle in to dry his rags by the stove or to snatch a morsel from the free lunch counter and before departing will give you an invaluable glimpse into his sad history and his cheerful philosophy the next moment a surgeon returning from a successful operation will toss you a quarter for a glass of vichy and leave you gaping in idle wonderment at the incalculable wealth that a man who can so lightly do such a thing must have in reserve at the noon hour a gang of workmen from a nearby job will trudge in in their heavy boots and grimy overalls to devour a plate of free soup 
and innumerable hunks of bread with their schooner of beer and to teach you the wholesome moral that good digestion attends on honest toil and if your mind is built to receive impressions and if your heart is attuned to beat in harmony with other human hearts your apprenticeship in a saloon will serve for as good a start toward a well-rounded education as you could desire it was in the saloon or at least in what i might call the extension department of it that my eyes were first opened to the true meaning of american democracy and to my own opportunity in the midst of it i should blush for my ingratitude if i did not in recounting the influences that helped to make me an american allude at least en masse to the hundreds of my nameless friends who assisted me forward in the general direction of my goal in particular i must mention the wife of a physician in the bronx to whom my employer one night sent me to deliver an order she fell into conversation with me and then without warning looked up at me and exclaimed why my dear boy this is no occupation for you you must look for something better i ought to have been flattered but in my confusion i could only pluck nervously at my cap it's all right i like my work and it pays fine yes she insisted but haven't you any higher ambition of course i blurted out I want to be a doctor i thought so she said with satisfaction they all do well you will be she added with an air of a divinity granting a mortal's wish i know my husband was a poor immigrant boy once and now he is a doctor do you know why because he was ambitious and discontented these were strange and inspiring words hitherto i had been piously following my parents injunction to obey my master and to be thankful for whatever god gave me i had not thought of discontent as a virtue now suddenly it dawned upon me that if i was ever to realize my father's dream I must follow a course directly opposed to the one he had outlined for me. As I looked about me, I became aware that discontent with fortune's favors was the order of life and the rule of progress. On the east side, I observed, there were no classes. Men were engaged in given lines of work or business, but their occupations were not permanent things they did not chain them down to any definite place in the scheme of existence what a man did in no way determined his worth or circumscribed his ambitions peddling and hawking and the sewing machine were just so many rungs in the ladder a dingy apartment in the tenement was merely a stage in the march toward a home in brownsville or a shop in the bronx the earth was young and fresh from the hand of the maker and as yet undivided among his children that was another distinctive superiority of america over rumania 
from that night on my hope to get into other work turned into determination and at easter an incident occurred which promised to open the way in the three months that i had been in the saloon i had never had a day to myself i had been too well contented to ask for it but when my new clothes came i must go and show them to my friends mrs weiss thought so too and between us we persuaded mr weiss to let me off for the afternoon and evening of easter day among the relatives and friends whom i visited that day i met a cousin of mine who worked at shirts as a collar maker he opened my eyes to the lay of things here i was working day and night for three dollars a month while he was earning six and often seven dollars in a single week and he had his evenings to go to the romanian restaurants and tea-houses i wondered whether i could become a shirt-maker my cousin thought so and promised to watch for an opening i passed a restless and discontented month before my opportunity came then a firm on walker street offered to teach me sleeving on condition that i work for two weeks without pay i had a month's wages coming to me so i felt that i could manage it but when i timidly announced my purpose to mr weiss in my excitement i forgot that it was the fateful saturday night he flew off the handle and refused to pay up even mrs weiss was against me this time she declared me a fool for leaving a good home to go to the sweatshop the very argument i have since employed with domestic servants and revealed an ambition she had been cherishing for some time of setting me up in a saloon of my own when i had become sufficiently americanized she prophesied that if i did not come to my senses at the very first sight of a shop i would never leave it at all once an operator always an operator she reminded me grocers assistants worked their way up to grocery stores tap boys became saloon keepers peddlers and clerks attained to businesses of their own but a sweatshop hand contracted consumption or socialism and never rose to anything better the operatives lean years always swallowed up his fat ones as long as i worked i might earn a little more than i was getting in the saloon still she was ready to give me a raise but i would find saving quite impossible once i began to pay for every little thing out of my own pocket and when the slack came i would starve as thoroughly as ever i did when i was a greenhorn and before she saved my life by taking me off the streets no doubt i had forgotten those miserable days now that prosperity had come to me through her but she remembered very distinctly that first day when i gluttonously devoured potatoes like cheese dainties and she was ashamed to let customers see me until she had found me some clothes my benefactor Coza, happening to drop in as he often did mr and mrs weiss at once appealed the case to him 
whereupon he settled himself into a chair by one of the tables and while sipping a schooner of beer proceeded to give me a sound lecture on my unethical conduct my ingratitude to my employers and to him he found was simply monstrous i ought to be ashamed for even asking them to pay me after the return i was making them for their parental kindness was i aware that the very clothes i was wearing were theirs and that they had tried to educate me into an american and a business man as for the sweatshop he would not even discuss that he could only think pityingly of my poor father and mother they were decent respectable people if they had known that their favorite little son on whom they were placing such high hopes would ally himself with the outcast the vulgar the unambitious the ungodly they would never have consented to my emigration and if they were to hear of it now as they were certainly going to it would break their hearts and they would disown me heaven alone knows what they hoped to achieve by all this grilling unless it was to do violence to my feelings in which case they succeeded amply but as far as gaining any result for themselves was concerned it could do no possible good a month ago a raise of a dollar might have made me hesitate and consider but now i had bettered Coza's own instruction i had found the america he had seen in a dream even shirt-making with all its promise of freedom and money was but a stepping-stone i was looking away beyond to my destiny dawning on the horizon the golden destiny of my childhood i had heard the tap of opportunity on my door and i was hurrying to answer the call End of chapter eleven